0: The diamond I realised that I have to be this carried is one time to out. Well, we and well, Empathy Museum presents A Mile in My Shoes. These shoes are running shoes. They have elastic laces that is one piece of elastic that goes from the bottom to the top. They are gola-active They have a pink stripe all the way around the sides and the insoles are also pink. They look very comfy and cushioned on the inside and quite well worn on the bottom. You can tell that these shoes have been pounded into the pavement as they are well worn on the footpad. These shoes belong to Bibi. This is her story.
1: One of the first memories that springs to mind in terms of when I noticed that things were not quite right, it was during that that first Eid that we had during during the war, when the conflict really started. Each time there was Eid, we'd always get new clothes and there'd be baklava and lots of desserts. So it was always really special time of the year. and this time my parents did try and make an effort but it wasn't the same because we were not traveling to see the rest of the extended family i just remember questioning my parents why have we not got new clothes and this isn't normal eid and why we're we not going to see our cousins people were really not sure what was going to happen not sure what the future holds and I suppose even people thought this could be our last Eid, so we just like enjoy it. The Kosovo war in 1998 to 1999. I mean the way that's normally described is it was ethnic cleansing and the core reason of that war was to remove Albanians from Kosovo because they felt that Kosovo was part of Serbia and that it should be dominated, should only be Serbs that live there. So the village that we grew up in is Nerodime, and the closest town was Ferizaj it's very green and we were kind of at the top of this little hill so we could see the village and it was so beautiful especially in the summer and even in in the winter when you had all the snow and you've got the little mountains, I never felt unsafe, I never felt that I couldn't play. It was a mixed so we had Serbs and Albanians living there it was guarded by the Serb Police they didn't quite like my dad entering in and out of Nerodima. A few times they did beat my dad up. Not, not her- horrendously. It d- depended on what mood they are in or what the situation was in the wider Kosovo. Let's say something went worse for one of their attacks and they'd kind of take the frustrations out on, on anyone in the village. It was a bit of a threat, I suppose, to my family, and because my dad wasn't well. I don't remember exactly when he got diagnosed with cancer. I just remember him not being very well, and I I genuinely think that everyone thought that he would probably die from from that. I think things started getting worse. There was a lot more bombings. I remember hearing the bombs every single night. NATO started bombing to try and drive out Serbs from Kosovo. But we just knew that it was a full-on war now. We had the Serbs against, obviously, Kosovo Liberation Army, but also NATO. You could be caught up in the middle of that as an innocent civilian, a bomb, goes off on on your house. It was in middle of April, I think, where we decided to leave. Everyone was shocked by how many people were actually fleeing. I do remember why we didn't take the roads. We were told to take the train track. I remember it being really odd, like, why are we on the train tracks? And I'd never walked on something like this. This wasn't a path. This wasn't a road. Even though my dad was ill, he actually ended up carrying my granddad for quite a bit of the journey because he just was not well enough to do it. And then we we got to Blatt, which is also referred to as No Man's Land. And I think that was the worst of the war that I can remember, if I'm honest, because it was... It was kind of like a field, but it was a really muddy field. Obviously, thousands of people had been there. Like People were crying and people were... Obviously, so much trauma from the war. And you had people from all over Kosovo who had had even more terrible journeys than we had had and had family members who, who had been killed really close. I had seen really horrific events. And this woman was screaming and... There was just no way to reconcile, and then you could hear people say, "Oh, they took her family, or they, they, she's just completely traumatized." My uncle had gone to the border to try and talk to the Macedonians, but they'd closed the border, so we knew that we had, had to stay there for a while. How long we didn't know. You just left your home for safety and you've come to this place and you're just, you just question, what is this survival? Is this what survival is going to look like for the rest of our lives? What does this mean? Where, where is this going to go? They open the borders and I remember really clearly walking through the borders and just being like really happy. We are safe. I think there was two main camps. We were in the first camp. I remember we always had to go line up for food. Uh, there was these big, like, stations for water. It was controlled by the army, so there was a lot of... Um, I think it was NATO, and they were really kind to us. They'd give us chocolates, and as a kid, that was amazing. On the 10th of June, there was a ceasefire between NATO and Serbia and we ended up staying in the camp for another three months. During that time, there was um, to Australia, I think, and America had said, do you want to come? People were just taking on because they wanted to meet their quota, I suppose. Somehow England, the UK, got to our name and they said, oh, we'll take this family to England. I remember that kind of real tearful journey, leaving my uncle and his family, his wife, and I think she was pregnant, and just being, we're leaving, we're having to say bye, even the cost of us free, but we also knew that we had to make this journey for my dad so that he could get the treatment for his cancer. For me growing up, I, I knew obviously that was Kosovo and I'd always, that's what I identified with. But we were in school as kids and we were starting to really integrate and get to know the people and people were really kind to us and really generous and like my dad had got better. He, thankfully he'd survived cancer and Kosovo was when I was young. This is now... My life, this is what I remember more of, and more memories were created that I remembered in, in England, and it kind of became our home. But so is Kosovo as well. And I've just moved to London the last few years for, for work. It's weird, it's we've got so many homes. <laughs> I know now there's right as as we speak there's so many refugees in the world and the effort that was there for Kosovo, I'm not seeing that for what's what's happening right now. Even though that was twenty years ago. I went to volunteer in Greece in March and it really came full circle for me because I I was a refugee, and now I'm volunteering at a refugee camp. But I, I was also really saddened because some of them have been in these camps for two, three years. I always go back to my memory of the Blacks, the No Man's Land, and... that's happening right now in some, like, Greek islands. Like, so, some of them are like that, and that was for me 20 years ago, which is a really difficult time, and that's happening right this second how is that allowed
0: BB's story was produced by Rob Eagle Her shoes are part of a growing collection of footwear hosted by the Empathy Museum's A Mile In My Shoes exhibition The The shoes and stories come from all over the world Follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram to find out where we're going
1: next.